0: podcast. I'm your host, Sid Misra, Certified Financial Planner. Thank you for tuning in. I've been creating content for about two years now, started in September of 2019. One of the reasons is I wanted to help educate people on how to make better and more informed financial decisions. Whether we like it or not, we are all part of the financial system. And when we want, to, we want to be wealthy, we want to have financial independence, what we need to realize is we have to understand how the system works and how we can use it to our advantage. That's what the wealthy realize. That is what the people that are financially independent that own their time realize. They understand how to use the system to their advantage. They own their time and they live life on their own terms. It's also important to understand that those who do not understand how the system works will be used by the system. They will be stuck on the hamster wheel without an option to get off. Um, that's the reality for a lot of people out there. And so I hope my content, the written, the audio can help you better understand the financial system and how you can use it to build wealth, build financial freedom, And live life on your own terms. Now, part of the education that I wanted to give is taking, you know, listener and viewer questions, those who tune into the podcast, as well as reader questions, those who have subscribed to my newsletter. Um, This is a series that I'm starting called Ask a Financial Advisor. Uh, In this series, which I'm going to put out regularly, maybe once or twice a quarter, Um, I'm going to answer questions I get directly from my viewers, my listeners, and my readers. Uh, It's my hope that the answers that um, I give will help you think about questions in a different way, help you think about your finances in a different way, and will eventually help you make a more informed decision, and overall, a decision that's in your best interest, right, for you and your situation. So before we get started, if you enjoyed this episode, you found it valuable, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to, um, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, uh, so you don't miss out on any new episodes when they're released. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you for your support. Um, If you want to sign up for my newsletter, you can do it on my landing page. I'm going to leave a link within the description. You can just uh, click on that sign up for the newsletter also look at the old uh, issues as well or the old uh, uh, posts that i've made as well um, that landing page just explains a little bit about me who i specialize in working with and as an area to sign up for the newsletter as well as a podcast player to play any of the episodes that i previously recorded so again thank you so much for your support i really do appreciate it and uh, let's get into these listener questions here they're really good ones so the first one Um, I'm just going to read this here. We own a home and we are five years into a 30-year mortgage. We are currently paying more than our monthly payment to finish off the debt early. Should we be investing that money rather than paying extra and trying to pay off the mortgage early? That's a really, really great question. That's one that we get asked uh, by clients all the time. That's one that we get asked in general. Uh, People who know us as financial advisors, have have asked us in passing, hey, should I be doing this? So this is a really good question. It pertains to a lot of people out there who own homes, who have a mortgage. You know, what should we be doing with this extra money? Should I pay off my mortgage or invest it in the market? So in my opinion, there's two ways to look at this. The first one is just a purely numbers perspective. Okay, let's take a look at your mortgage, the interest rate and how many years have you have left on it right how many years are remaining on that is it better to pay extra into something that's charging you that interest rate whatever it may be or can you benefit by finding something to invest in that will generate a return that's higher than your mortgage interest rate and what i mean by that is this let's take a look at the average and 15-year fixed-rate mortgages. Now, this is from bankrate.com, their current mortgage interest rates. So the average 30-year fixed interest rate is about 3.21%. The average 15-year fixed interest rate is about 2.43%. So you have to ask yourself, over a 30-year time period or over a 15-year time period, can you earn more than that over that same time period? right? Should you be paying extra to pay down the debt, right? This interest that you're being charged on your mortgage, or can you find a place to earn more than than these average interest rates or the interest rate that you're being charged? Now, let's put this in perspective here. The S&P 500, for example. The S&P 500 is an index that tracks the largest 500 companies in the U.S. stock exchanges, Um, We're looking at Facebook, Apple, Google, Tesla, for example, all these big companies. What is the average return of the S&P 500 over the past 30 years? Well, according to SoFi, the average return is about 10.72%. Now, I couldn't find a 15-year number, but the 10-year number for the S&P, according to Business Insider, is about 9.2%. So... Going back to the question that we're asking, if the average interest rate is about 3.21% for a 30 year mortgage, over a 30 year period, do you think that investing in the market, you can uh, get a return higher than 3.21%? And if you've been looking at history, right, according to SoFi, yes, you can. That number is 10.72% as an average. Now, again, we can't look at past performance. Um, being indicative of the future results that we get, but we can look at it historically and say, well, the average 30-year return of the S&P is about 10%. That's what it's been doing historically. There is a good chance that we can get around that amount over a 30-year period. Now, versus paying extra into a debt that's only charging us 3.21%. There is an opportunity cost there. Where do you want to deploy your money? Where do you want to? Uh, um, how do you want to use your resources? Right. So purely in numbers play, this investing in the market probably makes more sense. Now, we get asked all the time. You know, I have a ton of credit card debt. Should I pay that down or should I invest? Credit card debt's a little bit interest, uh, a little bit different. And when I say a little bit different, it's a lot different in terms of the fact that average credit card debt is over twenty percent. Right. There's no investment out there really that's going to give you a consistent twenty percent return every single year. So if you have credit card debt, you're probably it's probably in your best interest to pay that down fully because the interest rate that you're being charged, you're not going to beat that in the market. You're not going to be able to make more, right? But whereas your your mortgage rate, uh, the average again for a thirty year is 3.21%, for a 15 years, 2.43%, you could probably beat that in the market over the same time period, right? It's okay to have a mortgage. It's not the worst thing in the world. That is considered good debt, right? And obviously everybody's situation is different. You don't wanna overextend yourself, but this is not bad debt that you have on your books. A mortgage is, is, is an important thing for people that own a house, right? Uh, it is good debt to have in your situation, if it makes sense. And I want to give you a quick example of this in the real world. So in 2019, 2020, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, owner uh, or CEO, founder or whatever of Facebook, who is worth tens and tens of billions of dollars, bought a home that was valued around $7 million. He took out a mortgage on that. Even though the guy could have paid cash easily, he could have bought probably the entire city cash if he wanted to. Why? Because the opportunity cost of locking up his money in a house versus letting it work for him in the market or a business venture, um, he was not willing to just lock that money up. Right? He looked at the opportunity cost and said, my money can do more for me by working in the market or another business venture that I have, as opposed to just paying down a mortgage and having all that money inside your home, right? That's the number side of it. Now, every single person may be different. You talk to another financial advisor. Maybe they say that you should not have any debt on your books, whatever it may be. You talk to real estate people. They want all their money or all of the money that you have to be in the house and you can do these reverse mortgages or or become your own banker type thing for for the average person, you have to look at the opportunity cost and see where can I deploy my money to make it work for me in the best possible way. Again, that's the number side of it. The other side is, is an emotion emotions based perspective. It's the emotion side of it, right? We are not robots. We are not computer programs. We are human beings that have you know emotions and history with money and you know how we were raised in a relationship with money that that has deep roots in how we operate and how we do things so some people dislike having the idea of not having any debt any sort of mortgage payment any sort of car payment whatever it may be try to pay it off in full and have no debt at all Some people like to build up equity in their house to have the opportunity to borrow from that later. One of the things that we ran into last year during 2020, when, you know, in the height of COVID and the height of being locked in and locked down and not having any control is people wanted to try to get control back. Right. They decided to pay down their mortgage because everything else around them, they had no control over. And this was one area of their life that they felt that they had control over. And so they looked at it and said, well, we can control that. We can pay a little bit extra, get, get rid of the mortgage at X date, or whatever it may be in X timeframe. And so for them, it was a control thing. And again, that's not a numbers play. That is emotions and the relationship with money and, you know, just being a human being. And I want people to understand there's no right or wrong answer here, but there is a right or wrong answer for you and for your context and your situation. So what may work for somebody else may not work for you. What works for you may not work for somebody else. The advice that I'm giving here on how to think about it and how to look at it, it may not work for you. You may say, Sid, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're an idiot. And that's fair. That, that It is what it is. If I'm looking at it from from my point of view, I would probably, as a financial advisor, look at it from the numbers side of it, and I'm going to deploy my money in a place that's going to get me a return that will beat the mortgage interest rate that I'm being charged. But somebody else who has a different relationship with money or a different situation will look at it differently. Again, that's not a problem. There's no right or wrong answer. Find the answer that works for you. And if you have questions, ask, ask a trusted source, ask a professional, just have a conversation and talk to them about what you're feeling, you know, why you're leading a certain way or, or, you know, what your, your concerns are with this, right? This is a big financial decision and it's something that you'd want to take, you know, all of your time to kind of figure out what's the best course of action for me in my situation. Um, So that was a really great question. I'm glad that that was sent in because we've gotten, a lot of questions about this specific one, you know, how to handle paying off your mortgage early or investing it. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy that we could answer that on this format. And I can kind of just dive into it a little bit. I'm going to do one more question. The, the first, this first episode, we'll, we'll do as, a, as just a two question um, episode. Uh, and then the, three, the next ones that we do, I definitely want to actually get my dad involved, uh, try to get him on here so that he can uh, give his spin on it, dive, dive into that as well. I think he's got, a very, obviously, a very unique perspective being in the industry for 25, 26 years. Uh, but for right now, we'll do one more question. And so this next question came in from a reader on my newsletter. And it says, I understand the reason behind having an emergency fund. It should be a cash reserve to help you in case anything happens, like issues with your home, your car, et cetera but the interest rate I'm getting in my savings account is so low that it's bothering me that I'm not putting this money to work. Is it okay to invest this money to really put it to work and to generate higher returns? So another really, really good question that we get often um, and a very important one as well. Financial stability is important. and An emergency fund is a big piece of having financial stability and security. We tell our clients that an emergency cash reserve is going to be important because there are always unexpected expenses, right? Life happens. Uh, If you're a Jurassic Park fan, life uh, finds a way. And it finds a way to happen at the worst time. It finds a way to happen in an expensive way. Um, You know, your car breaks down, your water heater at home breaks down. Uh, A Myriad of things, you know, kids get hurt and broken bones. You have to pay for that. And so you want to be able to have a cushion of cash that's available to you to handle these expenses, right? You want to be able to pay it off in full, whether it's in cash, you're just handing over the cash or a check, or if you put it on your credit card, to be able to pay that off in full and not carry a balance. And that is the importance of having an emergency fund. And we tell our clients that you wanna have enough cash on hand to cover between six and 12 months of expenses. So if you were to lose your job, if you had some big catastrophic thing that happened, you have a cushion of cash available so that you're not building up a credit card balance that you can't pay off or you're not dipping into investments and things like that. So now going to what this person's saying, right? The interest rate I'm getting uh, in my savings account is so low. It's not putting my money to work. And in reality, I mean, that's, that's very correct, right? The national average interest rate for savings accounts is approximately 0.06%, right? 0.06%, not even 1%, not even half a percent, 0.06%. Now, inflation this past year has been, you know, close to 5%, above 5%, the national average between 2 and 3%, give or take. So, yeah, right off the bat you are losing purchasing power to inflation by keeping your money in a savings account. But again, this money has been earmarked for emergencies. It's been earmarked to be your cushion in case you have an unexpected expense. You don't want to not have this reserve and have to one, you know, possibly put this on a credit card where you may build up a balance and the average interest rate that you're going to be charged on a credit card is going to be over 20%, that's a lot of money that you're going to be charged on that. You don't want to carry a balance on your credit card. Um, Another is you don't want to have to sell an investment to be able to cover the cost. In the worst case scenario, if you've gone through your emergency fund and, and exhausted all the other resources, yes, you have your investments there, but right off the bat, to sell an investment to possibly get hit with taxes, to possibly sell out of a position that you don't want to for, for potentially a loss, that's not what you want to be doing. You want to have your money liquid. You want it to be safe. What does that mean, right? Liquid means that it's easily accessible. Your savings account, your checking account, you can go to the bank, immediately get it. You can go transfer it to wherever it needs to go. And liquid also means that it holds its value. When you're when you're trying to take it out again, if you try to sell out of an investment position, you don't know if that position is down right at the time uh, at the time that you need the money, you could need the money and have to sell out at a huge market low like last year in March, you're going to take a huge loss to take money out, um, you know, selling more shares of whatever you own to try to cover that cost and and lowering the value of, of the money that you have. You want it to be liquid, easily accessible, the value is not gonna change, and when you take that money out, the value is essentially the same. That is what liquid means, that is what safe means. You know, if you take a look at your entire financial picture, again, we're only recommending to our clients and to you know the listeners here, having enough cash to cover six to 12 months of expenses. When you get to that number, and, 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 and this is kind of a guideline, Other people can be different. Maybe you have more expenses and you you want 18 months to cover, right? Or maybe you don't need as much and you only need three. Whatever number works for you, set that aside. And then anything else on top of that, put it to work. Put it to work in the market. Invest it. Find ways to make that money work for you. But don't worry about the little bit that you have in this account only getting 0.06%. This money is not meant to grow your net worth. This money is not meant to generate a higher return. The job of this money, the job of this account is to protect you and give you a cushion in case something happens. That is, what, that is what it's doing. That is what you've earmarked it for. That it's what its job is. Let it do its job and don't get greedy. Think about if you had you know, a $10,000 emergency fund and you decided to invest it. Is that minuscule return that you could get worth it if you have an emergency and you need that money? 10,000 or whatever that number is of having your emergency fund in the grand scheme of your finances is a small amount and it's there to be a cushion. Don't invest it, keep it safe, keep it accessible. And once you have your number and and you've reached that emergency fund, put that money to work. You have to dip into your emergency fund Right. Make sure you replenish it and then go back to putting that money to work once once you've hit that number again. So we've gone over two really good questions. The first one, uh, should we pay down our mortgage or should we invest it? Should we find other opportunities to make that money work for us? And the second one, um, should we invest our emergency fund? I hope that I gave a good explanation on my thinking about this, how we want our clients to think about this. Uh, in terms of financial security, stability, and then in terms of just building wealth, right? This is a long-term process. This is a marathon, not a sprint. And wealth is built over a long period of time. And it's done by doing things like this the right way. Um, you know, I hope that going forward, you can make a more informed decision based on this uh, episode. And I, you know, hope that you tune into the future for the other questions that we have Um, Because I'm sure, you know, with these two questions that we've gotten here, which are really good, I'm sure my listeners, viewers, and readers are going to be asking some really, really good questions, things that will pertain to you, things that may pertain to family and friends, and things that you'll want a better understanding of on how to approach when those situations uh, uh, pertain to you as well. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Empowered Finance Podcast, this new series, Ask a Financial Advisor. If you have a question that you would like me to discuss, my email address is sid.misra at bfgadvice.net. I will leave it in the uh, description. Please feel free to ask me a question, and I will do my best to get it featured on the next show. Thank you so much, and take care. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. Content in this material is for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual.